here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Everything Evolves, the world's only podcast devoted exclusively to Evolve Wrestling and the world's best podcast hosted by two people with the same first names. We are the Wrong Boys. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at EvolvePod or you can catch us separately. I'm at Aaron Like the Car and Aaron Taub is at AP Taub. Uh, I want to remind everyone that we are a proud member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, which you can find on the podcast app of your choice or on the Apple Podcast app, if uh, if that one's the, one of your choice. Make sure to subscribe, rate us, review us, all that good stuff on there, because not only can you subscribe to the podcast network, you can get Everything Evolves separately. Uh, you can also find us on uh, Google Play, on their podcast store. So check us out there if you haven't already. Okay, we have a big uh, show today, lots of stuff to talk about. We haven't talked to you guys in a while. I feel like I've been missing the uh, the wrong boy click, but we're going to break down some big Mania weekend news, uh, what's going on with uh, the show announcements, not just for Evolve, but for the shows that Evolve is going up against. We're going to talk about how Evolve matches fared in the Voices of Wrestling Match of the Year poll. And of course, we're going to uh, break down and preview Evolve 100 and Evolve 101. So... Now that I've run my mouth for a bit, AT, what's up? Not a whole lot, man. Uh, it's good to be back on the air. I've been grinding super hard lately, just doing some of that real good, uh, you know, nitty gritty socialist organizing. We are, uh, we have like a, a great campaign that we want to do, but we got to get like here in Queens, we got to get like the rest of the New York City DSA behind us. So I've just been. Sort of running around like a crazy person, just trying to like meet with various people from our like bigger chapters uh, to try to get them on board. Cool. It, is there going to be a DSA presence at Mania Weekend? I mean, I mean, I'm going to be there. Sure, but like, uh, I feel like this is prime uh, territory for the DSA to show up and recruit. Yeah, I mean, if we hadn't alienated the promoter the way we did, I feel like this would be a great <laughs> tabling opportunity. We gotta, we gotta find out what the WrestleCon people are like, where they're at, kind of politically, and see if you know, maybe they might let us set up a table. I'm gonna be wearing. I got. Did you see? You saw the shirt I got, right? Yeah, the NWO shirt. Yeah, I got this sick shirt 
that our Richmond chapter made, and it's like the NWO font, but it says DSA, and then instead of New World Order, it said New Workers Order, um, and it's basically the the my favorite thing, my favorite possession that I own. <laughs> well, I, I'm just. You're right that we probably would not have much luck trying to table at the WWN experience. But, uh, I mean, the wrestling left is on the move. I think it would be a good place to to do some recruiting. Yeah, I got to – I'll got to check. I got to talk to the folks. There's got to be a New Orleans DSA. I mean, Aaron Taub doesn't have to be the face of DSA at Mania Weekend. Sure. No, that's true. I'm sure we have a chapter down there. Yeah, this is a great idea. I'm glad we're doing a little organ, a little on air organizing. Just kind of, you know, you know, listeners, if you have any good ideas uh, for, you know, how to grow the socialist movement uh, here in the States, just, you know, drop us a line on Twitter. (laughs) Well, now that we have talked about socialism, I feel like we should talk about capitalism for a little bit. Uh, There have been some big match announcements in uh, the Mania Weekend world. I don't think there are any new matches that have been announced since we recorded last time for Evolve, I mean. I think uh, all that was pretty well set with the announcements of Daisuke Sekimoto and Munenor Asawa, uh, Will Ospreay, and the big matches they're going to have over Mania Weekend, which we'll talk about a little more. Uh, and, of course, this isn't our, our Mania Weekend preview. We'll do a big one in April, right before Aaron and I head down to New Orleans. Uh, but the biggest announcements lately have been from other shows. Uh, the first one that we saw was uh, that Rev Pro has announced that, uh, what's his name? Minoru Suzuki, could not think of his first name, is going to appear on their show on Friday at 4 p.m., which will run directly up against Evolve's second show. And then today, the big news, we're recording on Valentine's Day because this is a podcast about love. And there was a big announcement today. The WrestleCon Super Show will feature the Golden Lovers, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, against the best friends, Chuck and Trent. Uh, your immediate reactions to uh, both of those match announcements, AT? Yeah, well, I was like, okay, we got to go see Minoru Suzuki. I mean, so yeah, right now, I feel ashamed to say this, but we, we do have tickets to go to that rep, or I have tickets to go to that rep pro show instead of the Friday Evolve show, just because it was like, I got to go sing Kaze Ninare, you know, I got to go yell. Um, And I'm going to see all the Evolve guys on Thursday and on Saturday. The one thing that sucks is that there isn't enough time for me to, like, go to Rev Pro, go back to our Airbnb and, like, watch the VOD of the Evolve show. So I'm going to be, I'm going to need you to fill me in you're going to have to just give me the kind of the quick and dirty results before that super show. Um, and as for the, um, when they announced the Golden Lovers match, I was like, oh, this is bullshit. I'm like so mad that I'm going to miss this. Um, but when I was talking to some of our friends, uh, some of our uh, pals in the group DM, uh, friend of the show, Epitasis, and uh, Oaken, our, our, our co-conspirators here, they were saying that... Uh, that the Golden Lovers best friends match would probably be like a dumb comedy match, and they, you know, Kenny and Coda aren't going to work that hard. Um, so that made me feel a little better about it. And they'll all have like a great, you know, it's like we're we're really spoiled for choice here. I think in the sense that like all these shows look great, and I think it's great that they that the WWN folks and the WrestleCon folks have each other to um, compete against because uh, 
Like it's like I always say, the real winners are the fans. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a tough one for me. Friday night is the toughest. Like when it comes to Golden Lovers, that would be just the experience of getting to watch a Golden Lovers tag match. Sounds awesome. I agree that they're probably not going to. It's not going to be a uh, six star special or anything, but. We are going to see both of them at Ring of Honor. Yeah, that's the Thursday night show. Right. That we're talking about, yeah. Yeah, we're going to see Golden Lovers. I mean, they're not tagging at Ring of Honor, but we're going to see both of those men perform, which is, you know, the main point. So I'm excited about that. Now, on Friday, Minoru Suzuki. Of course, I have tickets to the Friday Evolve show. I bought tickets to all the WWN shows when they announced Sekimoto. But now I'm faced with this dilemma of, is there going to be another chance to see Minoru Suzuki? I'm going to see Sekimoto at least two other times. So I don't know. There's some talk that maybe Suzuki will be at Ring of Honor since there's other New Japan talent there. But I don't know. I'm really kind of feeling it out at this point about whether I will hit up uh, the the GA tickets for RevPro. I don't know what I should do. Yeah, it's a hard decision. <laughs> I'm like not helpful at all. I mean, no, no. I, I got the Red Pro tickets because people were like, oh, I'm a Suzuki. And I got like swept up in Mizu Mania. And I was like, oh, we got to go see him. But now I'm like, oh, well, like, you know, the Evolve show does look great. Like, you know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's get into yeah. comparing these shows so that we can really, I mean, the point that, you know, for us on this show is, well, how does this effect evolve? That's the, the tack that we want to take here. Uh, you know, that was the first thing I tweeted out after they announced Kenny Omega was, well, how is this going to affect the Thursday night Evolve show? Uh, I did flirt with a sec uh, for a second with the thought that, well, maybe these are just two different audiences. But I got smacked down on that. What's your take on whether the audiences are different for these two shows? Yeah, I mean, I agree with our Twitter followers who <laughs> ruthlessly um, and swiftly shot down yeah, your obviously flawed logic. Yeah, I mean, the people who watch Evolve are the same people who watch New Japan. And, you know, Kenny Omega is, you know, Minoru Suzuki and Kenny Omega, I think, are bigger stars to that audience, at least as far as seeing them live, than anyone who's going to be on the Evolve shows. I mean, certainly Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega is like the biggest in the United States, at least the U.S. audience. I think Kenny Omega is pretty easily the biggest star in the world who's not in the WWE. You know, to the U.S. audience. Like, I know that there are luchadors who are bigger stars overall than Kenny Omega, and right. and there are Japanese wrestlers who are bigger stars overall. But I think to the U.S. fan base, like, Kenny Omega is the biggest non-WWE star in the world. I just feel like your regular, like, Bullet Club fan doesn't watch Evolve and doesn't know who Daisuke Sekimoto is. Am I yes. crazy there? Yes, but I would say that Kenny Omega's fan base is like Bullet Club fans and the people who go to Evolve. Uh, you know what I mean? Like when you go to when Zack Saber Jr. comes out there, like people chanting about Suzuki Gun at at the shows in in New York. Okay, like, there, I think I think I think like the New Japan niche is comprised of both like Bullet Club Bullet Club normies. And like your hardcore Evolve internet dorks. Okay, I but can I see don't. That. But I don't think Evolve has. I think like it's like almost like the Evolve dorks are like a subset of the larger like New Japan constituency. Okay, 
Yeah, I can see that. I could see that. So the Evolve Thursday night show, for comparison purposes, what we've what has been announced so far is Daisuke Sekimoto and Munanora Sawa taking on Tim Thatcher and Walter. And then Will Ospreay taking on AR Fox. All right. So that's those are the only two matches that are announced. All the normal Evolve talent is also going to be there. Uh, with that lineup so far, uh, they've sold 171 floor seats. Uh, I don't know. Uh, there's no data on how many general admission tickets they've sold. But we do know that they've sold 171 uh, floor seats and that the first row is sold out. All the ticket information I'm going to give on this show uh, was compiled by uh, at Mr. Jacob Cohen on Twitter, Jacob Cohen. Uh, and all these numbers are as of February 12th, 2017. So there's a little bit of lag there. And 2018. I'm sure, 2018, yes. Yeah. And I'm sure uh, Omega sold some more tickets since, and Kota Ibushi since they were announced. Uh, okay, so 171 tickets, first row sold out for Evolve on Thursday night. WrestleCon, what we know. Golden Lovers versus Best Friends. Then there's a bunch of other talent announced, no matches. But people like Pentagon, Phoenix, Flamita, uh, Will Ospreay, Juventud Guerrera, that excited me, maybe just me, Emma, and uh, the Flat Earther Flip Gordon. So with that lineup, they've sold 428 floor seats, and all their floor seats are sold out. And I think their ticket prices are higher. Yeah, I think right? that's true. When we were looking at them, I was like, oh, man, those those tickets are really expensive. Yeah, so the first row to WrestleCon is $129. Uh, 99 for the second row, 79 third row, and it goes down by $10 each row back to six rows. Uh, so $49 is the cheapest reserve seat you can get to the WrestleCon Super Show. As for Evolve, the first row is 75 and the next two rows are 50 bucks, which were the only uh, floor seats you could get. So the lowest price is similar, but the highest price is a lot different between those two shows. Gotcha. So that's like, uh, they've already sold, even before they announced Omega and Ibushi, they'd already sold a lot more tickets than Evolve had. So, I don't know, is it, they've already, the 171 tickets are done. Whether you decide now you're going to go to WrestleCon, you already bought the Evolve ticket. But is this going to kill, you know, the walk-up or the people in New Orleans who are waiting to see, you know, a lot of us were waiting to see the cards and then thinking about whether we wanted to buy GA tickets you know, at the last minute. And then some of us jumped because of certain matches that were announced. But I bet there's still a lot of people out there who are thinking, ah, I'll wait around and see what the cards look like and whether I can jump on a, a general admission ticket somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like what you should do, I think. Or like, I don't know, like I, I it's tough because it's like you want to get the good seats because there is a, if you have the money to spend, there is like a big difference between like sitting on the floor and sitting in GA, I think. But I don't know. It's like that's the best way to make sure you go to the best show is to sit and wait on the cards. And it's frustrating that people will beat you to all the good seats if you don't jump in right away without knowing what's going to be on the shows. Yeah, but, you know, with WrestleCon having all their reserve tickets sold out. You're almost like, do I need to buy my GA now? Right. Uh, Because, you know, I, I went to the WrestleCon Super Show last year. And as I recall, the bleachers that they had set up were pretty full. I got they they weren't as popular last year. I got like a last row of the reserved uh, section, like the day of the show. I bought online. So, but the uh, res, uh, but the GA was pretty full. So I wouldn't be surprised if they 
come really close to selling out all their seats this year. So that's something to think about as it relates to that. Now, on Friday, Evolve runs up against uh, Revolution Pro. Rev Pro has announced Minoru Suzuki, as we talked about, uh, Tomohiro Ishii, and Adam Brooks are kind of the, the main talents that they've announced so far. Now, Suzuki, importantly, uh, is mentioned in the tweet that Rev Pro put out as half of the British tag team champions, along with Zack Sabre Jr., but there's no mention of Zack working that show to this point. Now, Zach is not exclusive to WWN this weekend. So I would guess the chances are he's going to work the Rev Pro show, but I don't have any confirmation of that uh, to this point. Uh, with that card announced so far, they've sold 231 reserve seats. First row sold out. The show going up against that, the Evolve show going up against that, has announced Matt Riddle versus Daisuke Sekimoto and Walter versus Darby Allen. And with those announcements, they've sold 189 tickets and the first two rows are sold out. So they've sold slightly more tickets than their Thursday night show. Uh, but the Rev Pro show is already... Now, Suzuki's been announced for a little while, but the Rev Pro show uh, has already passed this Evolve show by a little bit. Yeah, and they also have um, Osprey and uh, Rocky Romero are advertised for that show on their website. Okay, I missed those. So, but those are pretty similar, the ticket sales are not that far off. And this may be, I mean, because they're going right up against each other, this really may be one of those where people can wait until the last minute and figure out which one they're going to go to. Um, So this one probably isn't going to kill Evolve, this Friday night show, this Friday night Rev Pro show. Uh, Evolve looks like it'll probably lag behind that show a little bit, but I don't think it's going to kill their business on Friday night. You disagree? I don't know. I mean, it depends what everyone announces, right? That's the thing. It's like, it's it's kind of, I mean, we still got almost two whole months and it's close now, but like, I don't know if they announce some huge match that Evolve doesn't have a counter for. Yeah, you could see how you, I mean, I feel like that one, the jury is out, right? Because there were like, you know, if we look at the other show, there were like 600 combined tickets sold for that for Thursday night between those two companies. And so far, so that means like all those people are in town, right? I don't think that there's another big thing happening Friday at 4 p.m. that would keep them from going to these shows. No, there's nothing else going on. At I mean, time. maybe maybe it's the case that people are like, oh, I'm just going to hang out in New Orleans because, you know, it's different from Orlando, which is like, you know, you there's like nothing to do there if you're an adult. Um, no offense. I mean, I know some of us are married Ouch. to people who are like Yikes. really invested in certain like attractions in Orlando that wow. you know, some is, of us, some of us think they're for adults, but this uh, is going to be a really big heel turn for you, uh, with, uh, wife of the show, Sarah. Um, she's always been a big AT fan. Oh, uh, always listening to you on the show, but you're I'm, probably Sarah, I'm teasing. Uh, I love Mickey. I love Minnie, Goofy, Pluto. Uh, really, the whole gang. I love mm-hmm. all. I love the whole the whole cast, all the mm-hmm. cast members. Um, but yeah. So, but but for me personally, not speaking for all adults, but just speaking for me personally, uh, I think there's a lot more to do in in New Orleans than in than in Orlando. And uh, so I could see people being like, okay, like I don't need to go to a show at 4 p.m. when I can be like hanging out in America's most vibrant and distinctive city. Um. But 
Heavy shots at New York City, by the way. <laughs> Heavy shots. <laughs> yeah, I mean, New Orleans is great. I can't even, I can't even hate. You know, I can't. I'm not going to pretend that like hanging out in Astoria is cooler than hanging out in, in New Orleans. But yeah, I would say that um, it seems like there are still tickets to be sold for that Friday at 4 p.m. slot. Coming back to the main point. And I think that people are waiting on the fence to see what gets announced for the rest of these cards. That's fair. The, the real problem, I think, for Evolve is they seem to have fired all their bullets. Like, I think these are the biggest matches we're going to get out of Evolve. And Rev Pro, they've barely announced anything. So, I mean, they, we don't even know who Suzuki's wrestling yet. So, you I, know, think that's a, I think that's a great point, Aaron. So, uh, Suzuki against... I don't, I don't watch Rev Pro enough to tell you like some rando at the bottom of the card. Who cares? But if they announce some really big match between one of their top guys, um, they could, you're right, they could blow Evolve out uh, on this night. I mean, even I don't know at this point, and I've already bought the Evolve tickets, and I'm not, I wouldn't say 100% I'm going to be at that Evolve show. So. Yeah, it feels like I, I'm glad that we're well positioned as people who know a lot of other people who are in our bubble. So like there is kind of a liquid market for us. If we need to get rid of these tickets, you can probably find people. See, I don't know. I'm not know. sure I can get off these Evolve tickets. I've thought about that. I mean, do you think anybody wants to pay whatever I paid for them? Um, let's see, I'm looking at the I was trying to look at the thing. You know, I paid like, I guess, 50 bucks each. That's not that bad. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can get off the Evolve tickets if I want I th- to. Well, here's the thing. I think that there's a small number of people who would buy them from you at a late date, but I feel yeah. like you know all of them or know the know a person who knows them. You're like two right. degrees of separation from like every person who would want these tickets. That's true. If you get if like we get close and all the floor tickets are sold, and I'm like, well, I've got a floor ticket. If some maybe I can, yeah, move that. That's a possibility, but uh, I may end up just having to eat the hundred bucks if I decide I have to see Minoru Suzuki. Uh, but hopefully Ring of Honor will announce whether he's going to work that show. So we've kind of been throwing out these numbers, but I wanted to provide some um, some comparisons here to make the numbers make a little sense. So, you know, the, the Evolve and Rev Pro shows are all in the low 200s or high 100s. Uh, so let's talk about some of the other cards for Mania Weekend and what they've sold for comparison's sake. The the biggest selling show of the weekend so far is the Friday Progress show, a noon show, and they've already sold 462 reserved seats as of two days ago. Um, and behind that, this was surprising to me. So the next one then, actually, no, this is number two overall. Joey Janela's Spring Break, 455 reserved tickets sold. Occasionally, you know, I think both of us think that that markets are unfair and incorrect and there's no <laughs> correlation between markets and something's objective goodness. But um, this is proof that um, sometimes the invisible hand gets it right. I mean, Joey Janela's spring break was like <laughs> the most fun I've ever had at wrestling. Sure. With the card of matches that were like, it was like Matt Riddle versus Dan Severn. And I guess you had Joey Janela versus Marty Janetti. And it was just weird and wacky. And now they're doing like even weirder, crazier dream matches of Joey Janela versus Great Sasuke and, you know, Mike Quackenbush versus David Starr. 
And right. I think like that's we talk about this a lot. We've talked about this in the past, how in indie wrestling, there's so many great matches everywhere. And you just need something. You need your atmosphere to be totally distinctive and your shows to have like a totally unique feel. And I think this is evidence of it, right? The two, you know, top shows right now are Progress, which has a devoted fan base based on its branding and its aesthetic and its atmosphere. And Spring Break, which, I mean, I feel like that's the kind of thing where it's like, if you didn't go to that show, Mania Weekend, everyone you knew who went to that show was like, oh man, you totally missed out. You should have been there. Um, yeah, and they've done it. I mean, the video packages uh, that uh, Giancarlo Tamo are uh, are putting out for these spring break shows, the, the matches are just great. He's so good. I, I like to imagine that he and Kenny Johnson are just like, going back and forth, like, <laughs> pumping out the video. Like, like Kenny sees Giancarlo's, Carlos, like, you know, work, and he just starts, like, fucking, like, pumping up his shoulders and, like, pacing around <laughs> his home and getting ready to, like, fire off a video of his own just to, like, show him what's up, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, now, we're big Kenny Johnson supporters. Yeah, so. yeah. I almost feel bad talking about his rival like this in a positive way. I, I They're both great, and, uh, you know, I just, I just feel like... um I love that. Like, I'm sure that they're like competitive artists, I imagine. Sure. Yeah. So when we think about that, like how those shows are selling compared to the Evolve shows, like when Gabe sees Omega announced, he's got to know that that has an effect on his business, even though he was already behind WrestleCon. But what could Gabe Zapolsky have done to flip these numbers to make it so that Evolve is the big is the big card in town and everybody's chasing their card to catch up? I don't know if there is anything that can be done. I mean, part of it is just building the Evolve brand show by show. And I think that they are getting there, right? I think that like I've seen people more buzz these past few months. I was on um a quick plug. I was on a street an episode of uh, a bonus episode of Street Fight Radio, and I was talking to um, to Brian from Street Fight, and um, that's going to be a Patreon episode for their Patreon subscribers in the next week or two. If you ever want to hear me talk about just like random life stuff, as opposed to just wrestling and whatever else, yeah, as opposed to wrestling and the other random shit that we talk about in this podcast, <laughs> you know. This uh, is a very yeah. uh, specific podcast. We have no tangents. Never, yeah, yeah. If you, if you ever like want to like hear about my life story as an adult, go go sign up for the Street Fight Patreon and listen to that when it comes out in a week or two. I can't, you know, that's like not much of a selling point, I guess. But in any event, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, like I would say that, um, yeah, totally, totally lost my train of thought. Okay, yeah. yeah. He was saying that like Evolve is like his second favorite promotion right now after New Japan Pro Wrestling. And and so I feel like they are building that brand show by show. And so that's like one thing you can do, right? Like progress is where it is based on the strength of its brand and the equity it has built with fans. And also the exclusivity of like a company that only runs in England is like going to be here in America, like which he obviously can't replicate. And the other thing that these numbers show us is that I've been kind of on this bandwagon for a while. I've been talking a lot about how like New Japan, the New Japan like ROH sort of uh, com- like sort of combination is sort of growing into something that is 
well, you know, much, much bigger than just an indie wrestling thing. And it's becoming more and more with each passing year and each passing like buzzworthy New Japan show. The ROH New Japan sort of um, partnership is becoming like a real number two to the WWE in this country. And not not a number two that challenges them directly, but just a clear head and shoulders above the rest of the companies here. And there's and if like ROH has the agreement with New Japan and they're like, yo, you can't work these Evolve shows, like there's nothing you can do about that. Because right now the, the New Japan stars are the biggest stars because that's what people are watching. It's, you know, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi and Minoru Suzuki are just bigger stars than anyone who is like a member of the regular U.S. indie scene. That's for sure. I mean, if you look at, I kind of group these shows into a couple of different things, like progress, like you said, coming out of England. So, I mean, there's there's really nothing you can do to compete with the fact that something that's never here is here once or twice a year. I mean, we talked about that at length on a episode long ago. WrestleCon really appeals to all the normie fans, right? Like they book everybody. So something there is going to appeal to you. I went last year, Loki shows up, Loki versus Shane Strickland. So indie fan like me gets into it. Uh, they did the crazy 10 man with, you know, Ricochet and Osprey, you know, that kind of thing. They got a bunch of Lucha guys. So if, you, if you're into Lucha, uh, you know, American indie style Lucha, all those guys are there. And uh, then they bring back, like Sandman was on that show last year. So they have like such a wide reach that I think they're going, even if they didn't announce Omega and Ibushi for the show, they were going to kill the ball on that night. So the the weird player in this game really is Joey Janela, spring break. Like he's not booking. I mean, he is booking great Sasuke, obviously. And last year he brought, you know, Marty Jannetty uh, and Dan Severn. So there are there is the idea of people that you don't get to see very often. But that's not really the draw, right? Like the draw, like you were talking about, is just that it's in total something you've never seen before. It's an experience, and it's an experience you have to have live. It can't play the same on VOD. There's no way. Um, so I think the sad answer is that you're right, is that not that, not because you're right, but it's just <laughs> there's there's nothing to do. other than, Like, I don't know. What do you think about this? 2006 Ring of Honor, if you drop it in this Mania weekend, is it the biggest draw? Can it compete with progress? And WrestleCon. Hmm. You got Brian Danielson. You got Samoa Joe. All at the the height of their powers. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, Kenta Kobashi, right? Well, like that. That was the mania where they had uh, Brian Danielson versus Roderick Strong, and they had the Dragon Gate Six Man, right? But I'm also just imagining some other you know talent that they had, right? That, that you could have had. Um, right. hmm. let me think. Well, let's think about it. In some sense, it's like it would be better to compare them to Progress and what Progress is doing because ROH was a brand that had the same kind of like loyal cultish fan base that Progress does and that was built on the same sort of like brand equity. It was like a different kind of cool 
but like Ring of Honor was cool to a certain person. I think that like progress is cool in a more like mainstream way or a way that's that progress is cool in a way that is like more easily understandable to someone who doesn't love wrestling, but to the people who loved Ring of Honor, like Ring of Honor was like the coolest fucking thing, right? Um so they would compete in that sense. And then it's just such a different time because like all of those guys would be working so many other high profile indies, right? It's like right. You know, Brian Danielson wouldn't just be working those Ring of Honor shows, you know? Like that's the thing, is like all we talk about this a lot where it's like these guys are all working a bunch of other places. And even like the special talents are like now it's like the other guys have their own special talents too, right? It's like they ran the six the Dragon Gate six man, but they were unopposed and there wasn't someone who had a Noah connection who was booking, you know, Marafuji and Kenta against them. Right. You know, like that's the thing, right? It's like they have the special outsiders, right? Because you know, I it's like you can't really fault them in some sense like you can fault them that the brand isn't as hot as like a progress but you can't fault them for the fact that like like he, he booked Sawa he booked Sekimoto like what you can't help it that the other guys have to have you could just call up Kenny Omega and have a golden right. lovers match on you know right. US on US soil you know take part in like the hottest story in all of wrestling right now right I guess the my watershed only... moment in all of gay culture. Right. You know, like, what I are you going to do? My only point was that to the extent you can blame Evolve, it's that the brand isn't as cool as it could be. Yeah. They've got all the top indie talent, really. And Lord knows oh. we're trying, right, with this oh. podcast. <laughs> every episode. I think we make it at least a little bit cooler every time we do another episode. Yeah. So I, and, I would agree. And I, I think what Evolve's... You know, we talked about the fact they really don't have any bullets left. I think the evolved strategy was let's announce our stuff first before some of these other places have announced. See if we can get some early tickets sold before maybe more developed or not, not more developed, but uh, deeper cards get announced than what ours are going to be for the kind of fan who's going to be in New Orleans. I will say this, and this is completely shooting from the hip, and someone will probably point out how wrong I am after this. There's one way that Evolve could kill everyone. Book low-key. Well, obviously, book low-key. Actually, I guess there's no way, because he would have to finish up, and then his 90 days would have to run. But if they book Brian Danielson for these shows, it would change yeah. everything. I mean, <laughs> I like, mean, yeah, right. Yeah, obviously. If, if like, um, right. I'm just saying that's the only bullet that I can even imagine. Like, 98 Michael Jordan, it would be like they'd be like really good. <laughs> Thanks. You know, like I don't my, know. It's like my point. Yeah, if they could add like the greatest wrestler of yeah. our generation, who's also yeah. like a gigantic, the biggest star in the world to these fans. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I think I they'd be right back in it. I know. My point is, I'm pretty sure his contract runs out at some point this year. Right. And at some point this year, he will be back in right. on the American Indies or in New Japan or both. Uh, I don't think because it's February and he hasn't finished up yet. I, there's no way for the 90 days to run uh, unless he would thumb his nose at WWE, which I don't think he would. Uh, 
anyway, I was just, I suddenly got myself excited thinking about that. No, you're right. I think that it would be in like keeping with our podcast's lore. You know, if we were on the show, we're like, they fired all their bullets. Like, here's 30 (laughs) fucking minutes of us like shitting around about how like, you know, Evolve is like behind in the Mania weekend, like ticket sales. But, uh, and then like we finish recording and then like, the WWN account is like <laughs> appearing exclusively at, you know, Mania Weekend, you know, Brian Danielson, the greatest wrestler of our generation and like the second biggest WWE star possible. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, but it does go to the point that that's like the only thing I can think of that they could do. Yeah. So, I mean, it really. Or if they could also get these, if somehow like the contracts that they could also book Kota Ibushi or, uh, yeah, I don't know. Right. Maybe the, you know, knock on wood, you know, you hope for them that they have like an ace up their sleeves. Um, But, but, uh, but but yeah, we'll see. Right. Like if Brian Danielson is the, sadly, the most realistic thing that comes to mind, uh, you know. I don't know. Maybe is that that Dragon Gate connection still strong for Gabe? Mm. Are we going to see? Uh, I'm not going to speculate anymore. Yeah, but uh, the just, only the only other thing I would think about, I guess, in talking about this, and then we should probably move on. I guess is just the idea of like who knows what it's costing them to book these shows and like what their profit margins are like. Like I'm sure Minoru Suzuki, I'm sure like Kenny Omega is more expensive than to book like Kenny Omega, Pentagon, Phoenix. Kota Bushi, like I'm sure those, I'm sure those shows, like the labor costs are more expensive than Evolves, and like I don't know what the and I and the and the venue is much closer to downtown New Orleans, so that's probably also more like. It's funny because we're talking about this on tickets sold, and we're like, oh, like WrestleCon's killing them, but it may very well be the case that like Evolve is making a greater profit on lower tickets, lower number of tickets sold, and even yeah, with but- lower ticket prices, if their inputs to their costs are. Lower. Right. Yeah, this venue is closer to the airport, um, but farther away from everything else. Right. But I'm saying, as far as getting talent there, you know. Yeah, it's, but it's but as far as like getting fans there, it's at like. Right. No, I'm just talking yeah, about yeah, talent costs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you know that hotel, I'm going to stay there. It's going to be cheaper if they're buying rooms for talent. I don't know if they're putting up talent there or not, uh, but that's going to be cheaper, like you said, than staying downtown. Uh, according to Jacob Cohen, they've sold about $38,000 in tickets so far, mm-hmm. not including general admission. So more than that. So, but we don't know what did it cost to bring in Daisuke Sekimoto? You know, these other promotions presumably are sharing some of the costs. Uh, right. so, hard to say. Uh, I would like to point out before we move on that impact has sold 88 tickets. Once again, the invisible hand. <laughs> Getting it right. This is going to be a capitalism podcast at the end. At the end of the, at the end of the show, we just, uh, you know, yeah. Anything else? Full, on? Uh, full turning point USA. You know, <laughs> we'll be babies on the loose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else on Mania Weekend before we move on? Uh no, no, no. Okay, we'll do a big preview podcast when the cards are fully announced in April, uh, and it'll be very good. So check back for that. All right, quickly before we get to these cards, I want to talk about how the how Evolve fared in the Voices of Wrestling Match of the Year poll. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, you can check it out at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Basically, the people at VOW invite anyone who writes, talks about wrestling to vote their top 10 matches of the year. They aggregate all that and come up with the top, I don't know, there was 150 plus matches that were voted for. 
they come up with all of those uh, more than that because I have an evolved one that was ranked 205. So it's even more than that. But so I, I just pulled out the evolve matches. I feel like in that VOW bubble of which we are a part, evolve doesn't get a ton of talk. So I was interested to see how they would fare when, you know, new Japan runs the, runs the poll basically. And, uh, but I wanted to see how Evolve would fare. There were seven Evolve matches that showed up in the poll. The highest ranked one uh, that came in at in 58th place was Timothy Thatcher versus Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, this time last year. That would be the Zack Sabre Jr. title win. So even that only got three total votes. Uh, the highest, so that was the highest rank. The most votes was for Zack Sabre versus Chris Hero. Uh, January 28th. That would have been Heroes uh, Heroes Exit, those matches in uh, January of last year. The the only Evolve match that made my that made my ballot was Keith Lee versus Donovan Dijak from Mania Weekend last year. Uh, only one other person voted for that, sadly. Uh, and it came in at 110th place overall. The interesting thing about this to me, AT, and I saw you talking about this on Twitter a little bit, was they pointed out that Zack Sabre Jr., actually had the most matches to show up in the poll of everyone. Now, none of his matches finished that high, but he had, uh, I think, 12 matches total that showed up in the poll, which I think says a lot about his depth of support or the breadth of his support. Yeah, he's he's an elite wrestler. Um, We talked about it a lot last time, and uh, we will continue to wave the flag for our, our sweet socialist boy. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I was like, I saw that. And I was like, yeah, that checks out. He's great. Stop right. complaining about him, everyone. He's, <laughs> he's, he's the best. I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I need to feel like I need to like cape up for like this extremely popular, yeah, <laughs> like talented wrestler, okay. you know, like doesn't really need my like defense, but like, yeah, he's, he's great. He had a great year. Shout, uh, the, shout out to Zach. Just to Zach. Uh, the other matches to get votes. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Leo Rush from May 21st. Keith Lee versus Ricochet from Mania Weekend. Uh, James Drake and Anthony Henry versus Jaka and Chris Dickinson from July. And Zack Sabre Jr. versus Keith Lee from September of last year. So I, I thought all in all, a pretty good showing for Evolve uh, to, to get that many matches, even though it may not be in the zeitgeist as much as uh, some of the other promotions. Yeah, they did all right. The other thing, too, I guess, is that uh, the... Um... Jock and Dickinson versus the South Pacific Power Trip from this super show, which was not technically evolved, was also on the list somewhere. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a decent show. And it's tough with these things. I mean, I, I'm the wrong person to talk about this with because, like, match of the year conversations are just, like, so besides the point of what I like to think about when I think about wrestling. Um, but, and it's all, but beyond that, it's tough because it's, like, some of these matches, it's, like, Keith Lee versus Donovan Dijak is like on the list, but it had two votes. You know, some of these matches have one vote. So it's like, what can we really extrapolate from like one person putting Keith Lee versus Ricochet on their list? Um, I don't know. Probably not much, but the fact that it's, you can only get to list 10 matches. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there were other, some wild matches that got votes. So it probably doesn't say much, but it is. I think when you aggregate it all together, it starts to be interesting. Like the fact that there were only 250-ish matches that were mentioned 
uh, if one match is mentioned, then it I don't know means something. I'm not sure what it means, but uh, I find it interesting. I know you don't. Aaron did not vote in the match of the year. I did it. Yeah, I didn't vote because I was like I thought about it, but then I was like, eh. Why do you like hate excellence? Words. Like, what what do you have against excellence and rewarding excellence? Like, I love excellence. I just don't really like like ranking. I guess like I just like to appreciate the art for itself, and I don't really need to be like. And also, it's like I don't watch enough wrestling to say what are really the best matches, and it's like all subjective. And it's just like I don't know. You watch like it's the same thing with like any kind of ranking art. Like you watch the Academy Awards, and it's all like a bunch of dumb bullshit that like wins the awards. That's like made specifically to win the awards, right. you know. But you don't think about like, oh, what was my favorite album last year? No, it just doesn't occur to you in any way. No. Um, Do you think about who your favorite wrestlers are? Yeah, I think about like who my favorite wrestlers are, but I don't know that I like rank them. I, I would just tell you that like my favorite wrestlers are like I love Zack Saber Jr., I love Kushida, I love Kota Ibushi. Um, like those are probably like, you know Kyle O'Reilly. Those are probably like my favorite wrestlers. But like I don't know, I just I just doesn't like. Hmm. I don't know. It doesn't like. I don't know. It's just I just don't think that way, and I, and I also and I and I don't have the scope. Like I thought about like filling out a like a a ballot that was just like evolve matches because that's the only promotion where I like really saw everything. But then I was like, uh I don't know. It was enough just to like pick a match of the year for our own conversation, I guess. Um and sorry, it's and it's all sorry subjective. I made you do that. <laughs> no, and it's just like and it's all and it's also subjective too, because it's like, I don't know. So many people rank these matches of the year. It's like the thing about wrestling too is that it's narrative and it's like everything is like contextual, right? It's like it's like we're not just saying what was the best book of the year. We're like what was the best chapter of any book this year, right? It's like how can you um and like so many of these matches are the results of like other things that happened like before and after and around them. Like it's all contextual. It's like you're trying to like rip this piece of art from like the the like the holistic story that it's part of and be like this was the best like i don't know this was the best brush stroke of 2017 you know i don't know it's just like i just like i get it and i get i i get it and i get why people like it and i don't want to like if you like making match of the year lists we can all enjoy wrestling the way that we enjoy wrestling i don't think any less of people who like it but it's just i just never like get fired up about it. And I always feel like it's like a silly attempt to try to quantify something that's totally unquantifiable. Sure. But I mean, all art is unquantifiable. Yeah. Which is why I use words to make qualitative judgments (laughs) rather than quantitative ones. Right. Sure. Like how many people make star ratings and you listen to them talk about wrestling and like why Go look like like look at Dave Meltzer's fucking ratings, right? He'll tell you everything that happens in the match, and he'll slap a star rating on at the end. But he doesn't, and maybe even can't explain what he liked about it or why it why it was great. And so many people just like they have ideas of what you know a four star match is, but they can't really are. They're not telling you like how the art made them feel or what it made them think. It just it's just like this was four stars, and I just like. I don't know. Uh, it's just like I'd much 
Yeah, it's it's a, like how many of the how many of the voters, if you talk to them about wrestling, you'd be like, this is the most boring person I've ever met. They have no interesting thoughts about this. They just said it was four stars. Well, did you read the Match of the Year articles? I know you didn't, so I'm setting you up here. Mm-hmm. I know some people wrote things. There are a lot of pull quotes from people who explained why they like. That's the point of the exercise is so that people can tell you why they like the match. And maybe you can seek out something you haven't seen because someone else explained to you why they liked it. Mm. Mm. Those seem pretty qualitative to me, Mr. Tab. <laughs> See, like I would just. Yeah, I should have read the article, and it's, a, it's on being a bad Voices of Wrestling comrade to our pals. And I just want to say that the poll quotes written by my friends on Twitter, I'm sure were great, and I got to go gotta go read them. You know, obviously, the listeners to this show, you know, are not the the bad star raiders that sure. I'm talking We're all accurate star raiders. Yeah, accurate star raiders. Well, I mean, do you... Um, yeah, I mean, so... I, I, so I, I should go back and read those, and that would be much. See, here's the thing: it would be much more interesting for me to just read the descriptions than to look at the rankings and see how many right. points per vote each match got. But do you? What makes you? This is probably going too far afield. No, it's fine. But you have a couple of promotions that you watch regularly, right? Like you watch right. New Japan and Evolve. I don't know what other promotions you follow. It's kind of it. I watch all the takeovers, and I'm getting okay. back into the TVs for NXT. But yeah. Okay, but otherwise, like if somebody says, oh, this Noah match was outstanding, are you going to go watch that Noah match? I'm trying to be that person, but like historically, no. Like historically, I need like a lot of prodding. I watched, I'm like trying to expand my horizons. I watched um, the Joe Doring versus Zeus match. Sure. And like I enjoyed that as like a singular piece of art. But I'm sure that I would have enjoyed it much more as like, um, part of like a larger story. I guess my point is you're not necessarily looking for other stuff to seek out. That's not necessarily the way that you consume wrestling. Correct. I like consume, I like to consume a promotion and like sort of consume the story holistically than to sort of like pick out individual matches. And I'm working on that. Like I'm watching like my Piro for Dummies DVD, but even then I'm like watching it. It's important for me to like watch it chronologically to have like some sure. kind of semblance of like when things happened and, and, and have them like contextualized that way. Right. Yeah. Like I watched that um, Gotch and Fez two out of three falls match that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And then I yeah. had to go like read about it. I had to go find things that people had written about it so I could try to contextualize it a little. So I'm the same way, but I do. I mean, I try to watch a lot of stuff just because I like to, uh, but I think, yeah, you are more looking for promotions that you can dive into and watch full cards Follow the stories uh, more than my point here is mm-hmm. that that kind of thing may not appeal to you because you're not looking for stuff to seek out. That's not really the way that. Right. You yeah. Things. Yes. Interesting. And I don't know if that makes me like a closed minded. Like no, picky I don't think so. of wrestling, but yeah, but yeah. And then also too, like, I don't know, like if you watch every big new Japan show and you watch every evolve show and then you take notes on the evolve show and do a podcast about it. And you watch the NXT takeovers and you watch like some old Ring of Honor shows, which is what I've been watching. And I watch those like all chronologically. I watch, you know, show by show. Um, That's like a lot of that's enough. That's like a good wrestling diet for me. That's like enough wrestling where even though like I think about it all the time, that's like 
kind of the amount of time I have to like watch it right now. Um, I think that's totally legit. I was I was just uh, investigating your yeah yeah the way you watch. I yeah. find it fascinating. Well, okay, well, thanks. At some point in this podcast, we should probably talk about these of all shows that are coming. Yeah, up yeah, 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 yeah. Although, let's be honest, this is the charm of the show. Yeah, but we're like an hour in, aren't we? Oh yeah, at least. Oh, okay. I'm oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> no, I think it's been good. Yeah, let's so, do some timestamps for this episode. Can we yeah, do some timestamps? Get these people some. Get these poor people some timestamps. <laughs> ah, people that like the wrong boys, I think they'll be into it. We'll see. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll wait for the uh, for the feedback. So feedback. Yeah, I need that. You know, even if you don't like it, I need the validation. So please, just uh, you know, even if it sucks. No, let me good. tell you all uh, straight up. If you do not like it, AT does not want to hear that feedback. Yeah. <laughs> just just add just add AB. <laughs> yeah, that's then send all negative complaints to Aaron like the car. Yes. All unmitigated praise at AP Tau. <laughs> Facts. All right. So this weekend, February 17th, uh, is the first show. It's Evolve 100. It's in Queens, New York. Are you going to be in the building, AT? Yeah. Yeah, right. I will be there. I'm really Saturday excited. Saturday night, 6 p.m. Uh, a little bit of a strange start there. Going to be another weird weekend for me because this is bizarre, but uh, my mother is actually visiting me again. And which doesn't happen that often, but seems to happen regularly when Evolve runs for some reason. So I'm going to have to try to find ways to sneak and <laughs> sneak and watch wrestling like I'm uh, like I'm 10 years old again. So the big match lot going course, on there. I know. So <laughs> the, the big match. Oh, no, I wanted. Gosh, <laughs> mess me up, A.T. Uh, I wanted to remind everyone, of course, that you can watch this uh, live on iPay-Per-View at www.live.com. Got to get that plug in, you know. Yeah. So for the third time, let me say the big match on Evolve 100 for the Evolve Championship. Zack Sabre Jr. defends against Austin Theory, who is accompanied by Priscilla Kelly. This, of course, is uh, a pretty long-built match. Uh, and AT, is is the other AT going to come through with a victory here? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Spears just loved that for the right. And uh and I know that I'm bad at predictions. I know that we always get these things wrong. But this feels like Austin Theory's moment. I think that one thing that is a tell is that they have been building him for some time in a way that guys like don't get built in this promotion, right? Austin Theory in his last 12 Evolve matches, has nine wins, two losses, and one no contest, which is when he effectively won. Jason Kincaid hurt his, you know, they did the uh, angle where Kincaid hurt his knee and Theory and Kelly beat him up. So, you know, he's lost twice in his last 12 matches. And in a company where there are so many singles matches and so many matches between stars, I think that says quite a bit. Uh, I think that it's super rare to see someone go on a streak like that in this company. I think that he's young. He's talented. He's like exactly the right kind of guy that you would give the title to where he has a lot of potential, but the title would elevate him further. I think that there's 
not a whole lot left to do with Zack Sabre Jr. as champion unless you're going to unify these titles. But even then, it feels like it feels I felt for some time that Theory is going to be like the next guy. And you saw the promo Theory had where he was talking about how, you know, he's going to win it on his first try. You know, he's very clear about that. I don't need a second chance. I'm winning it on my first try. Um, yeah, I think that, and it's funny cause I feel like I, I wish like I would, I'm sure you could do a super cut of me saying this on like <laughs> six different of our preview shows that we've done in like the eight months that we've done this podcast, right? Where I'm like, I think this is it, but I, I just, it feels like the right time to pull the trigger on him and you really get the sense what they've been doing with Priscilla Kelly. I mean, it's obvious that they have big plans for him. Sure. If he, even if he's not going to win the title here, like it's clear that he is supposed to be a, a, a sort of a cornerstone piece of this company. And it just feels like the time might be right. It's, and it's also, it's like at Laboom, it's Evolve 100, right? It's like about a year. It's like almost a year to the day for when Zach won the championship and it's like evolve 100. It's like, we're looking backwards at the first 100 shows. And then the new, the next 100 shows will be rung in with a new champion who represents the new generation. Uh, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of reasons where it would really make sense for Austin theory to win here. Don't you agree? Well, I, I agree with some of what you said. I agree that Austin theory is the next guy in this promotion. I do think he's going to be the champion. But it would be very un-Gabe-like to pull the trigger early. If anything, Gabe is known for pulling the trigger too late on title changes, on putting the title on somebody. But what if Austin Theory is like Austin Aries? (laughs) What you missed... Dear listeners, is AT backing away from the mic after saying that? <laughs> Very proud of himself. <laughs> He's looking around. <laughs> I didn't even realize that the same name until I started saying it. I was just going to be like, but what if Austin Theory is Austin Aries? And then as I was saying it, I was like, oh, it sounds even better coming out of my mouth than it sounded in my head, you know? Well, okay. What a, what a moment. I have two competing thoughts here. One, Gabe could think that Austin Theory is this year's Keith Lee. That Austin Theory is going to be the... Now, I know he's not working anywhere else, but that Austin Theory is going to be the breakout star of Mania Weekend. And so if he puts his title on him and Theory does break out in that way, it elevates the brand even higher. He's going to be on those progress shows. Okay, so I can kind of see it that way, right? Of that he's going to be the breakout star. On the other hand, what I just what I already said about uh, that Gabe isn't well known for pulling the trigger early or even at the right time. The other complicating factor is we just saw the bad boy, Casey, report that Austin Theory was at WWE tryouts. Now, Theory is a little young for the guys they usually sign. Like, even Leo Rush felt pretty young for WWE, and he's, what, 22, 23. 
Theory's 20. They don't normally sign guys that young, but if they are planning to get him early, now they're, they may just be happy to let him develop and evolve with the relationship they already have. But if they're planning to get him early, Gabe presumably knows about that since he works for that company. Uh, and that could complicate the timing here. Yeah, but maybe it's like you just have to do it. Maybe he's like, oh, the clock's ticking. Right, ring out of him what you can get before he's gone. Yeah, theory's time is now. Does it matter? Like, does does what it matter in this promotion who's the champion at Mania Weekend? No. Do you have to have a star like Zack Sabre Jr. be your champion? No, because like I think of the announced matches, Zack's only in like the big announced matches that they led with, like Zack's only in one of them, right? Yeah, he's wrestling Sawa at uh, at the WWN Super Show. But the other ones are like they're telling you that the big draws are like going to be Walter and Keith Lee and Sekimoto and those guys. And even if you look back to last year's WWN shows, if you look at the two Evolve shows and the WWN Super shows, Zach was only you know he was still the Evolve champion. He was only in the main event of one of those three shows. So I don't think it's necessary. And and they still have another championship with a big name brand, Indie Star, in Keith Lee. I think I don't think it would make a significant difference to their business if Austin Theory were the champion. One last complicating factor: the story has kind of been that Zach shows up in title matches and that non-title matches are his real problem. He's lost two non-title matches since October, after he had been undefeated for almost eight months. So they could be telling us that he's cracking. He's cracking, right? He's cracking. He's coming up on a year. He's beaten just about everyone he can beat. I mean, he hasn't. You can still do Zach versus Riddle for the title. So maybe that's a match they're going to do. But but then it's. But, you know, but you don't feel like they would put the title on Riddle because he just had a title and lost it. Like, it just right. feels like. You, you don't think Jaka is going to beat him for the title. Because it felt like losing that 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 rubber match was like kind of like the end of that story between Saber right. and Jaka. I mean, I don't Darby, think Walter's gonna become the Darby, champion. I'm just Darby, trying to think of people who yeah, beat him in non-title yeah, Darby. I feel like I feel like Darby has another match against him, right? I feel like Darby. But they build up Theory and Darby. I mean, that could be a thing too. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it could. I feel like it's going to be either Theory or Darby, and I feel like. It's good to be theory. I, I don't just, know. I want to guarantee that one of us is wrong. Uh, I think Zach comes out on top. I just think it's too soon for theory. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. One of us will be right. Yeah. One of us will be wrong. I'll have to like throw away yeah. my phone if I don't see this live because I will get mentions immediately upon the conclusion of this match if I don't get to see it as it's hide, happening. Yeah. You got to hide those men. You got to tell Mama Bentley. You got to be like, look, um, we're watching Evolve tonight. Wait, this is which night is this? This is Saturday night. Yeah. Ah, that yeah, that's super problematic for me. That timing. Why that's is very that? Bad. Um, we are also celebrating. My wife's birthday was on the 11th, and Great. we are having a. Since my parents are going to be in, t- or my mom's going to be in town, we're having a family wide dinner mm-hmm. at 7 p.m. on February 17th. So I'm going to miss uh, this match for sure. Yeah. Well, I've already been mean to Sarah on this podcast. So <laughs> I can't. And I was mean to your mother. Like, I can't, I can only be mean to these people once on the show. I can't be right. mean a second time. That would be, yeah. uh, you know, so you do have to go to the dinner now. 
I do. I have to. Yeah. All right. the The next match is the WWN uh, Championship match. So we are getting these two titles defended on the same show again, right? Which has not been a thing for a while. Keith Lee, excuse me, defends against AR Fox. Uh, this all came back from when AR Fox and his crew came out and attacked Keith Lee at the end of Evolve '96 in December. Uh, then AR Fox and his boys uh, distracted well, and his and his woman distracted Keith Lee uh, while Lee was losing to Jaka at Evolve '98. Last month, Fox is undefeated since he came to Evolve. Um, not We are the wrong boys, so this isn't a prediction show. But I, I don't see AR Fox getting the job done in this one, AT. No. No, I don't, I don't see it happening either. But I also like this is like the dumb fake championship. So I like don't really – like I'm invested in the match to the extent that I think AR Fox is great and he's this fresh, fun character on these shows. And Keith Lee is like – a great wrestler, but not, I don't find him like super compelling at this exact moment. Um, so I'm like rooting for AR Fox in that sense, but I'm not like, yeah, I don't think he's going to win, but all these WWN championships matches, like none of these WWN championship matches feel like really properly built up. They're never matches. Like they're not matches that get me excited and go, Oh, who's going to win? Like, the way that I think about like the Evolve Championship. Like yeah, same. Like I feel like the Evolve Championship feels so consequential where you're like, what are they gonna do? Here's reasons they could do one thing, here's reasons they could do the other one. And the WWN, it's like, yeah, I guess he could lose, he could win. I, you know, they just need to merge these fucking championships already. I agree. Just put the WWN title out of its misery. But I've really the, yeah, leave the I'm flow sorry. slam era behind and like step <laughs> out into the future. Uh, but I've really been into AR Fox since he's been back and Evolve. Yeah, he's been I, great. I would like to see him win. It would totally freshen up that title. Yeah. Uh, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, because it feels like they want Keith Lee to have that championship and like be – Yeah. Especially if Theory's going to win the other one. It's like you want one guy who's kind of like the established, famous indie wrestler. This is such a stacked show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's- the, the tag team championships are on the line. Chris Dickinson and Jaka take on the end – this, of course, started back when the end debuted in October. Uh, you know, they've been attacking Dickinson and Jaka and their Catchpoint brethren ever since. Uh, the end defeated Tracy Williams and Dom Garini last month at Evolve 99. Um, I don't know. I guess it's going to be less of a, of a plunder match since uh, it's for the titles. Uh, we're not really sure yet what the what these guys look like in a in the ring, in a two-on-two. Um, I mean, we need to see more of them. They haven't really fleshed that out yet of what they look like. Dickinson and Jock are, of course, great. I'm just not sure what this match is going to look like is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, a good save by you. <laughs> Clearly <laughs> forgetting. The I mean, I just read that they had the match Dom last Green, month. Tracy Williams match. <laughs> well, I know, but I mean, well, Tracy Williams matches are easily forgettable. So, I mean, can you blame mm-hmm. me? Wow. Wasn't there, yeah. wasn't it sort of plundery? Am I making that up? Not... As much. I feel like it was just like a... Oh, no, you're right. It was a tornado. It was a tornado tag match, right? Oh. 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 Yeah, Yeah. sometimes, though. Famous moments in cell phoning. Oh. Yeah. You win some, you lose some. What do you think about this match? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Uh... I'm excited. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be fun and brawly, and the big lads will beat each other up. 
Um, this is another thing. It's like you need to build these titles or like don't have them. It's kind of how I feel about like the WWN and the Evolve Tag Team Championships are two titles that they just like really have not invested in making feel special and important. Like the WWN title doesn't need to exist. So it's like whatever. But I love tag team wrestling and I love the dudes who have this title and these titles and like they should build meaningful things around this title. And it, and it feels like this, I guess this has more consequences consequence like than their last sort of tag team title matches, I guess, in the sense that they have, I mean, they have built this feud and I am looking forward to seeing it. Um, but for whatever reason, like the end versus catch point feud hasn't like quite gotten there for me. I think that it doesn't really know. You don't really understand why they're fighting and why they don't like each other. We can talk, I guess like catch points booking continues to be like the way that catch point is like framed continues to be like this thing that just doesn't make any sense ever. Like, did you watch, did you watch the catch point mini doc? I did. Yeah. So it's like, on one hand, you have this framing where all these guys are talking about how like Stokely Hathaway is getting us into all this beef. And that's like our big problem right now. Like this is about competition, but like Stokely's getting us into all these fights. But then on the other hand, like Tracy Williams is like calling out Keith Lee for the non-title match. And Stokely's like, nah, man, chill, chill, chill. Like I can get you, I can't even get you a title match. And Tracy's like, I want it now, right? And then, you know, Chris Dickinson at the last show in New York was the one who was like, the end, get your asses out here. I want this fight right now. And then, like, Stokely is the one who's like, nah, man, calm calm down. Like, we got bigger things to worry about. Jock is wrestling Keith Lee. So it's like you have, like, they're sort of saying one thing in, like, the mini docs, but then, like, the reality of these shows doesn't really line up. And that's always taken away from Catchpoint because Catchpoint has always been a thing that, like, doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, the, the group dynamics, like, never really check out. You never know. Like, one week you're supposed to sympathize with them as, like, these badass baby faces. The next week uh, you're supposed to, like, see them as heels and, you know, sort of, like, classic dickheads who, like, beat up on people when they have the odds are in their favor. And it's just, like doesn't make any sense because it's like I think that Dickinson and Jaka um, have qualities that make you want to cheer them but and like Jaka is very I feel like Jaka is very sympathetic as as a single wrestler but then as a tag team these guys are ass kickers but now they're going up against guys who it's not like ass kicker versus ass kicker because the end is like bigger and seems like more ass kickers than they are. I don't know. I feel like I'm talking in circles, but I'm just trying to sort of work through like why this feud just hasn't really hit yet. Yeah, I think Do you feel of- the same way where you're just like, I recognize that they've built this match. I recognize that it'll probably be good. I have enjoyed the performances of all the people in it, but I'm just like not really juiced for it. Yeah, and part of it, I think, is what you're saying, that the story doesn't make a lot of sense. I think part of it is that the end haven't proven yet that they are at the same working standard as Dickinson and Jaka. So a lot of times in Evolve, what I'm getting excited about is the match itself. Whether it's well-built or not, I'm like, I know these two people or four people are going to tear it down. And I can't say that yet here, which is what I was trying to say at the beginning of this 
uh, preview of this match. Uh, we just don't know yet. Like, obviously, Everything Evolves is a super pro Perot podcast. Like, very into Perot. But I can't say yet that I know, and I love the Perot Chris Dickinson match, but I can't say that I know that this is going to be a really good match yet. So that has me uh, pretty skeptical about the whole thing. Yeah. And I just like, I don't know. Like, and also, like, they really did hurt the end by having them, like, get beat up at the very beginning when they first came out. And, like, you don't, yeah. like, I don't see them as, like, the big badasses that I should see them as because they were not booked to be as strong as they needed to be booked when they first came in. Yeah, they fumbled with them immediately, and that hurt this story badly. Like, like that even, hurt the story, like, building them up in the pre- in the pre sort of the before they debuted with like all those vignettes that made you think that they were going to be like an existential threat to the promotion. And then they like weren't. Yeah. So I think that in that sense, like they've been done a disservice by the booking. Yeah, I agree because, but even that plays into what you were talking about, because if the story made sense, we would be rooting for Dickinson and Jaka to overcome them. Right. But now they feel like Dickinson and Jocko would like probably be the favorites in this match. Right. Yeah. It's, it's nonsensical. Uh, So yeah, I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head. All right. The next match uh, continuing with this stacked card, the future is now match. Number one, Matt Riddle takes on James Drake. Uh, Drake's returning to evolve after missing uh, the December shows and Matt Riddle uh, had one win and one loss last time around. He lost AR Fox and beat Jaka. I don't know exactly what this match looks like, but I'm excited for it. Like, I think it's going to be really cool. It's intriguing because you don't know what it'll look like. Right. It's weird. It's a weird match, and it's in a good way where you're like, I really don't know what this... Yeah, it's like, it's it's intriguing in that sense. Yeah, Riddle is getting away from only wrestling the guys at the top of the card, which is cool. Drake is getting an opportunity against somebody at the top of the card which is cool. Uh, And the stuff that I've seen of Drake when he's doing singles has, uh, I like better than what I've seen him do in tag matches. So even though that's come on too. So I don't know this, like you said, we just don't know what this is going to look like. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I just Uh, wish they would be fun. Same way you're talking about catch point. I just wish they would come up with a consistent story for Matt Riddle. Like what's he doing? I have no idea. Yeah. So one second, I gotta uh, gotta get my plug. I didn't plug in my computer to the wall. And it's running low on juice. Okay, sure. So AT is uh, you know just not well prepared for the show, and he's now left uh, left me alone, left me all by myself to carry the show because he can't remember to bring uh, his plug to make sure that his uh, laptop doesn't run out of power while we're carrying on this podcast, you know, so it's, it's embarrassing. It, uh, it betrays evolve. It, uh, it hurts me personally, to be honest, which is like the second thing, third thing that he's hurt me personally by saying on this episode. Uh, it's just, it's sad, really. It's sad. The whole thing is sad. I mean, all I want to talk about is, is evolve, you know, that's all I want to do. Just want to have time talking about Evolve. So 
It's like the next match that we're going to talk about is Fred Yehi taking. No, the next match that we're actually going to talk about is the future is now match number two. Tracy Williams joined by Stokely Hathaway taking on Anthony Henry. Henry also missed the last Evolve weekend like his tag partner. And Tracy's on a bad little run where he's lost three matches in a row. He did attack Keith Lee after the main event of the last show. Uh, but he's on a bad little run. And that plays in, I think, to that mini-doc in that he's starting to question Stokely's leadership uh, because he was on a real good run when he first joined up with Stokely, but now he's he's in kind of a bad way. So uh, not really sure. Another one, I guess I don't really know what it looks like, but uh, that makes me pretty excited to see it. Yeah. It's a fun little match, and it's and it's a testament to the fact that like they've brought in some new talent to this company, and yeah, it feels a little bit fresher. And so, yeah, I think this will be fun too. Okay, the future is now match number three. Fred Yehi takes on Dom Garini. Yehi has actually lost four straight matches in a row. Uh, Dom Garini is kind of just getting started with singles competition and Evolve. This match, I know exactly what it's going to look like, and I'm not going to enjoy it. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. And I was wrong the last time when I doubted you when you said that a Fred Yehi match would be bad because it was bad, and I said it would be good, or it could be good. Hmm. I feel like this could be good, too. Dom's a big lad. <laughs> I like him, and maybe he'll, be, maybe he'll have a little big lad, small lad kind of thing with, uh, with Dom. Uh, and Fred, and we'll be able to we'll get you know we'll see if Dom can hang with one of the uh, the stars of Evolve and Fred Yehi. Uh, Yehi doing a lot of losing lately in this company. Four four straight L's for uh, for Fred. I would assume he would win this match, but I don't even want to talk about that. You know, <laughs> no no more predictions. I've hung myself out yeah. to be laughed at already so yeah so uh, yeah i think it'll be okay not a ton to say here i guess yeah now we can move on to the preliminary match it's going to be a triple threat darby allen who's still doing his uh going back to the bottom of the roster will be taking on jason kincaid and jared 120 who will be joined by candy cartwright uh jason and jared of course have some issues going back to their time limit draw in december Kincaid, his last match we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, was the no contest with Theory after he hurt his knee when he was going for a double stomp on the apron. Uh, another thing that we have to add, uh, hat tip to bat, the bad boy, is Jared, the magic man, the uh, lips, as I like to call him, uh, also was at the WWE tryout. It's going to be a lot of kissing down in Orlando, Florida. Oh, uh, I was going to say, no, Mania was in Orlando last year. <laughs> yeah, no, just, you know, with NXT, theoretically, sure. where he'd go if he were signed. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm into Darby's storyline. I thought Darby's mini doc was great with, you know, him erasing. Yeah, it was so good with, like, him telling the story of, like, you know, his car had champ painted on it when he wanted to beat Zach. And then someone, some kid was like, look, that guy's got champ painted on his car. 
And then the kid's father was like, only losers spray paint their cars. And so then Darby crossed out champ and wrote loser on his car. I don't know. It's like, it's great. He's, he just feels so real. And like, he genuinely just like, doesn't give a shit. Like he feels like just a disaffected punk and, but you're rooting for him because it's sad and you like want to believe in him. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm up for Darby's story. Um, Kincaid and Jarek, it's like their little undercard rivalry is like chill. Kincaid had a mini doc two where he was like yelling and he's his like full violence is coming out. I I think they waited too long to pull the trigger on that and progress. I've sort of lost interest in that. So this will be like, I don't know. I'm rooting for Darby. That's my I'm interested insofar as I want to see what happens with Darby. Absolute same. Don't really care about the other two. Okay. Evolve 101, February 18th in Joppa, Maryland at 7 p.m. Uh, are you taking the ride down to Joppa to catch this show, AT? No, uh, I will be <laughs> – I think I have something to do Sunday. Maybe not. I feel like there's like a thing that I have to do Sunday, but I can't remember what it is. Oh, no, yeah, no. No, whatever. Uh, I, I'm not going to be at the show in any event. Okay. Well, if either of us is home, we'll be watching live on iPay-Per-View on www.live.com. Yeah, unless your mom decides to like stay another day or whatever. She's actually staying through Monday, so it's. I'm also gonna on Monday. I'm gonna have to be like, Mom, you gotta like find something to do because I have to record my cool wrestling. Dude, podcast. you gotta bring her on. Oh yeah, I, I can so have my mom on the show. Okay. All right, I'll do that. We'll do that. My mom watch, on the podcast. Watch the show Monday. Sunday with your mom, and then oh, have her come on for the that. second half of our podcast. Does she not like wrestling? Uh, she has no interest in wrestling, no. She will probably make fun of me when I mention that I need to be watching wrestling. You should be like, well, if you really loved me, you know, you'd yeah. watch the show with me. I would say that to her, but um, I have a very fragile ego and I'm afraid how it would turn out. So <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm not going to mention, I'm not going to bring it up. Sure. So, but I will be, I will make time to do the podcast on Monday, no matter what. Yeah. No matter what, mom, you can't yeah. tell me what to do anymore. You can't tell AB what to do. You can't. He's going to uh, drink soda right out of the bottle. Yeah. In in your fucking face. <laughs> Wait, when I still lived he's at gonna home. Put a, he's going to put his feet up on his own table. I am. Yeah. Uh, when I still lived at home, I had a uh, VHS with some pornography on it. Right. Heard of it. And I wrote on the VHS wrestling <laughs> that was it <laughs> did she ever did you ever get caught did she ever watch no. the tape all right she did cool, not cool, watch cool. the tape i think just re- I'd like a smarter man or boy would have written like a particular show <laughs> anything you know ab just writes wrestling <laughs> yeah i feel like that's our like small generational divide which is like by the time porn was was popping i, I like didn't have it on vhs Mm. Yeah, I had a VHS. I was, I was like an internet porn kid. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, we don't need to talk about our, yeah. our pornographic. Uh, Not on this episode. Sure. A, a later episode for sure. Yeah. Next time we have Joe on. Yeah. So we've already talked about porn on this show before. So I guess. Yeah, that's what's, yeah. But whatever. Okay. The main event uh, in Japan. Well, we don't know what the main event is. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. There's I'm sorry. a Twitter poll. You can go on, you know, the Evolve Twitter and vote for what you want. You think should be the main event of the show. I cast my vote. Did you? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. I'm we'll talking about, we'll, we'll talk about what we're yeah. doing for. Yeah. Because there are three options, right? Yeah. Uh, so let's go through the three, and then we'll talk about which one we voted for. Yeah. Everyone uh, who listens to the show already will know immediately. Oh, yeah. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So one of the three matches, non-title, no holds barred. WWN champion Keith Lee takes on Tracy Williams. Uh, this continues Catchpoint's long-running beef with Keith Lee. Tracy requested the non-title street fight after he and Stokely Hathaway laid out Lee at the end of Evolve 99. Now, Stokely, as AT mentioned earlier, advised him against it because he wanted to try to get Tracy a title shot. But uh, Hot Sauce said, Catchpoint isn't about leverage, negotiations. I want the fight, and I want it as soon as possible. Was that a good Tracy regression? I think you nailed it. Thanks, man. So we don't see a lot of uh, no-holds-barred matches in in Evolve. Uh, so that's somewhat interesting. But I don't know that Tracy Williams is like a, a super big plunder guy that I'm going to be excited about. So this seems kind of weird. He had a really good plunder match with Matt Riddle back in Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, like September, October. Yeah, so it could be good. They ha- and they and 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 Tracy Williams and Keith Lee had a really good match together about a year ago at Laboom. They did. So I agree with that. This could be good. The story is like weird, where it was like it also like the other thing is like Tracy Williams comes out and beats up Keith Lee, like sort of unprompted, and then after it's like I want him now, and it's like you just beat him up, you know. And I know that they got into a fight like. The last time, but I feel like it's like it feels like the story should be reversed because Tracy Williams keeps attacking Keith Lee from behind. So you would think that Keith Lee and right. and even though Keith Lee's a champion, Tracy's not chasing the title. So it's like Tracy just like wants this fight. I guess I mean I guess it could make sense in the sense that like maybe they're telling the story of like catch points dissension and that like you know, Tracy Williams wants to go back to catch point being about like competition and and like it's true core values and Stokely Hathaway is like trying to stop him from, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Like why he is the aggressor who's like attacking this guy. And then he's like, I want it right now. And it's like, I don't know. Well, Stokely kind of started the issue with Keith Lee. Right. Right. So then Tracy could be saying, well, you know, maybe Tracy's a hothead and he gets worked up because he's, he is in this feud with Keith, whether he wanted to be or not. And, but his motivations are to have wrestling matches. Now, that doesn't explain the no-holds-barred portion of the match. Um, that's kind of weird for Tracy. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to retcon it a little, but I'm, I'm failing. Yeah, I feel like the catch point stories are frequently the ones where we have to do the most sort of like, yeah, you know, sort of like logistical, like, or not logistical, like, you know, logical jujitsu to like get it yeah. to make sense. Uh, you, you really the lines are like very close together, but we're always like trying to find ways to like read between them somehow. Yeah, mm, that was so, nice. Yeah, thanks. All right, the second of the three possible main events: a non-title special attraction match. Your evolved champion, maybe not on this night. Zack mm. Saber Jr. takes on the Dirty Daddy, Chris Dickinson. Uh, Dickinson came into our mentions after our last show to say that he was really uh, hankering as my Southern friends would say, for a match, a singles match with Zack Sabre Jr. I tweeted out when this match was announced, completely botched it, and said it was at the wrong show. Uh, I, like, quote tweeted his tweet. Yeah. 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 He's uh, hankering for the match. He's, yeah. 
Fixing to have the match. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's another one they like to say in the South. Yeah, sure. We say fixing a lot. Uh, Dickinson, of course, lost to Keith Lee last month for the WWN title. Uh, so the question is, if Zach is still the champion, do we continue this story and Dickinson is able to pick up a non-title win? Mm-hmm. Or is it, you know, it'd be another big loss for the Dirty Daddy. Hmm. It's tough to have Dickinson lose to both guys like right after each other like that to both of the big stars, especially when Jaka has, or maybe that's like the story they tell is like secretly, you know, right. there's like a little dissension there of like Jaka's beating both the guys, but Dickinson, I don't know. I don't really care. I'm really excited for this. The thing that I'm most interested about this match is like, I'm fired up for this match because I think it's going to be really good. You know that Dickinson wants it. So that's like exciting. It's like this guy, I'm sure if he's been wanting this match for a while, he's been thinking about a lot of the different, like cool things they can do together in the ring. Um, I think it's like, they're two sort of like dudes who portray a certain amount of intensity. Um, but like Zach has this sort of like Chris Dickinson is that, that sort of Lenny as Lenny letter describes it, that like straight ahead intensity. And Zach has this sort of like zigzaggy kind of, you know, douchebaggery His like, his like, kind of prickish uh, intensity. Uh, so, yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think it'll be really good. I'm really uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and it's hard. And, again, it's like this is a completely different match based on whether Zach wins or loses the night before. So, Right. Uh, you know, I'm looking back over the cards. Honestly, other than Zach and Theory, this is probably my most anticipated match of the weekend. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't be more excited about it. Exactly what you said. There's going to be a lot of intensity, some brutal strikes. Um, they're both probably going to be aggressive dickheads at one point or another, which is going to rule. I do think whether Dirty Daddy wins or loses is like a big hierarchy moment in this promotion. Right. This is the big moment. This is like, where is he behind? You know, they've sort of hinted, I guess, in kayfabe that he doesn't have the wins that Jaka does. Um Right. And this is a chance to elevate him with the win and sort of continue that story about Zach cracking. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. This would not only slot, if he loses, it would not only slot Dickinson below Zach and Keith Lee, but it would slot him below Jaka. Right. So ugh, that'd be bad for him from a, a kayfabe perspective. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe you and I have, have agitated probably since the beginning of this show for them to really run with Dickinson and Jaka, and this might tell us whether that's just ever going to happen. Like, yeah, if, if he loses, then maybe he's just a middle of the card guy. That's how they view him in this promotion. Even though I think he could be a, easily a top of the card guy here, uh, but so this is fascinating for a lot of different reasons. I'm looking forward to it. The Absolutely. other possibility for the main event is a four way elimination match: Matt Riddle versus Austin Theory versus Darby Allen versus Jaka. Uh, Riddle did beat Jaka last month and Darby beat Theory the month before that. So we have some little stories to play in here. Uh, This is, they don't do a lot of these in Evolve. This is a really weird match. I like it. I like elimination matches. Um, And so, yeah, I'm excited. I think this will be fun. It's like a lot of like, they're throwing a lot of stuff in the pot and it like keeps these people from having to do singles matches. And then you can like have singles matches come out of them. Like, uh, I don't know, have Darby Allen and Matt Riddle wrestled in this company yet? I don't think so, but I'm really bad at that. So <laughs> Yeah, right. So that would be a fresh match you could do. 
Um, I don't think theory. I don't know if theory and Riddle have, or at least like since theory's been getting pushed, I don't think he's right. wrestled Matt. Well, Riddle. either way, out of this match, you're going to get theory's big WrestleMania match. I think. Ooh. Yeah, I could see that. Like, and we'll see what happens. He, maybe whether he wins or loses, right? Yeah. Whether he's the champion or not, this match is probably going to allow for him to face, I would think, Darby or Riddle at WrestleMania. Of course, they will then set up a Theory Jocka match, which would right. also be cool. But I think the, the bigger match, you know, because Darby has the built in story with, and Riddle is, of course, one of the biggest stars in the promotion. So that would be a big match. For theory. I mean, Riddle versus Theory at Mania Weekend sounds pretty cool. I'm working myself into a shoot on that. I'm kind of yeah, excited about it. I agree. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's a couple of the rising star versus, you know, the the old, the not old, old, old guard, but the current, <laughs> you know, icon. Well, they have to use, uh, we haven't talked about this, this yet. They're not running a show in March. So they have to build something on these shows to set up some more matches for Mania Weekend. Right. The undercard. Good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're 100 percent right. Because presumably, other than those the big name matches that they've announced, the rest of the show is or could be evolve storyline matches, like stuff within their uh, their universe. Yes, I agree. So, so I think something big's gonna have to come out of out of these shows so that people can actually get excited and maybe buy some tickets uh, for Mania Weekend. All right, we have a. Well, I guess we, we didn't uh, end the bit. Uh, what match did you vote for, AT? Oh, yeah, Dickinson versus Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, of course. I That's guess even, The people's main event. Yeah, even if uh, Dickinson wasn't involved, I guess everybody would know that we would vote for the Zack versus Zack, right, yeah. Right. But I'd like to see, uh, which I guess Dickinson got a main event last time, but that was in the same place, right? That was in Joppa. Sorry. Um Dickinson was in the main event in Brooklyn last time. Oh, right. They ran that weird building in Brooklyn against Keith Lee. It kind of makes me think of the job. You're right. Okay, sorry. Screwed that up. That's cool. I'm bad at uh, remembering what happened on old shows. So, the next match. It's a grudge tag team match. The workhorsemen, James Drake and Anthony Henry, take on the end. Could possibly be a title match if the end win the night before. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't know. This this will probably be fine. I expect that it will be fine. Yeah, it's another thing with like the end where it's like, I don't know. I guess they did interrupt James Drake and Anthony Henry's tag title match, but you feel like <laughs> yeah, it because- feels like both of these teams have more beef with with like with um Jock and Dickinson than they do with each other. You know? I don't know. It's like yeah, the the end like they could have done better with them. I just remember that a few months ago, I boldly predicted on Twitter that on the second night of shows, they were going to do Workhorsemen versus the end. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You finally got your revenge because James Drake kind of dunked on you on Twitter when he was like, hashtag wrong boys. Yeah, yeah, he, he totally dunked on me. But, uh, but now you've dunked on him back. So, uh, <laughs> bad James kid. Drake. I don't think I can dunk on James Drake. Yeah, probably. Not. I mean, can you? I, no offense, but I don't think you can dunk, you know. I, uh, First of all, I can dunk on an eight-feet rim. All right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I would dunk all over you on an eight-foot rim. Oh, so, wow. Uh, wow. Mania all Weekend right. 2019. Yeah. Uh, we'll find a, an eight-foot goal 
in New York. In New York City, the concrete I will, jungle. I will dunk on you uh, at Rucker Park. We'll ask them to lower. I was just going to say, we've asked them to lower the, <laughs> lower the hoop a couple inches at, at Rucker Park and, and do it. You know, I hang out there a lot. I, I play a lot of pickup games there. So, yep. uh, you know. I I have like a pretty good relationship with like the park staff there. Right. Uh, everyone kind of knows me, so uh, I think the people want an Aaron versus Aaron one on one basketball game. Mm. I think they want it. I don't know if I don't know if like uh, I don't really do you know sports. You know, <laughs> I like to watch. Sports. I don't really you know I really play them so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just a uh, just a couple more matches. Special challenge. Down. I know it's okay. I'm not gonna. I wasn't gonna call you out on it. Yeah. Special challenge match. Fred Yehi takes on the returning Shane Mercer. Uh, he missed the last last month's shows, unfortunately. Um, always worried about Yehi, but it's well well documented how much I love Shane Mercer. So I'm looking forward to to this. Yeah, me too. Good to have good to have Shane back. This yes. should be fun. I'm excited that he's probably going to get a shot at Mania Weekend uh, to really show his stuff, and that'll be very cool for him. There is an MCW showcase match, Dante Cabanero versus Ken Dixon. And if this is anything like the last MCW showcase match, it will be miserable. Yeah, which was the MCW showcase match that was bad? I don't, I'm not. That was the guy with like uh, the Yankees gear. No, that was in Connecticut. That was the bad Connecticut company. See, I screw up everything. This is MCW that runs at that arena in Joppa where like Leo Rush and um, oh, yeah. Velvet Team Dream came out of that that company. All right. So fine. that just, could be, I mean, who knows? It could, it could still be very bad. Right. Not only do I get predictions wrong, I get things that have already happened wrong. That's very good. <laughs> It's a good show. We have a lot of expertise, and that's why the people love us. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. I, I mean, we can't. I can't say anything about that. I don't know either of these two men. Uh, I hope it's great. Same. There will also be three prelim bouts. Uh, Kincaid, Jared, and Kyle the Beast are all signed. So presumably they will be in those prelim bouts against uh, other competition. And, of course, they could be facing each other. We'll have to find out. Of course, NXT General Manager William Regal. Will be in the building. He's going to make a special appearance, and he will be available for pictures and autographs before the show. If you need a, uh, a William Regal picture or autograph, uh, are you a uh, are you a picture guy? AT? Yeah, I don't know if you. Uh, no one could see it because I was doing it just in my apartment. But I, I did kind of when you're talking about William Regal, I did like the exaggerated like jerking off motion. Sure. Because um, it's like we already saw him. He's like around. I feel like he's around all the time now. Yes. Like, and. Uh, and also, I'm just like not a picture guy. I just don't need the wrestlers to do the emotional labor of like pretending to like me so is I can a, take a picture with them. Is there anybody you would take a picture with? Like, you're like I got to have a picture with that guy. Only if it would be like, like, um, hmm. like, it would be like. Yeah, I don't know. I, there's no one who I would ask for a picture. There are people where I'd be like, it would be cool if I had a picture with them, but then I like would never like. I just just like going up to someone being like, hey, can I get a picture? Just like feels like, even though I'm paying for that, it just feels like a weird thing to do. I've just never really had a desire to do it. Okay, but um, let's say you're going to a show. Yeah, they've are they're doing like 
we're doing pictures. You're not right. walking up to ask for a picture. They're doing pictures. Right. You can get in line, get a picture. Who would have to be there for you to get in somebody's line to get a picture with them? Um, hmm. I mean, you mentioned that Zach, Kushida, and somebody else are your favorite wrestlers. Yeah. Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi. Kyle Riley. Um, Kyle Riley. Would you get in line for any of those four men? Probably not. I don't know. It'd just be like, it'd just be like, I, I don't know. Cause it's like this whole, like, so I have just like this anxiety about like this emotional labor where I'm like, oh, these people are just going to like pretend that they're my friend and like be in a picture with me. And like, I don't know. It's like, it's like proof that I met them, but I didn't really meet them because they were just like doing their jobs. Like I would take a picture with any of these wrestlers if I met them in like a different context and we were like having a genuine, like non- like paid social interaction sure but i don't know like a mark picture just i I just um it's cool to do and there are times where i was like i wish it would be cool to have like a mark picture with like kushida but i would just like i would have to get over like the social anxiety of like going up to them and just sort of like the weird interaction that i just I, i wouldn't navigate yeah it's super awkward i i i was never a mark pick guy I went to the Ring of Honor New Japan show in Chicago mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and I don't know. I just got into the uh, got into the spirit, and I went crazy. And I got Mark picks with a bunch of guys. It's a lot easier when they don't speak English. You're just right. like, hey, and then they take a picture with them. Um, and I mean, everyone is listening to a man who has a picture of him with Jushin Thunder Liger as his Twitter avatar. Yeah, so you you like him? It's good. I do. You can take well, you can take the picture with William Regal if he's there at WrestleMania week. <laughs> I don't think like I would. Something. Don't think I would go for a William Regal Mark pick. Um, yeah. I would take a picture with Gabe. That's that's the oh, one. Oh hell pick. yes! I would do the Gabe picture, the Gabe photo op. Yeah. Will um, Will Gabe and the Wrong Boys bury the hatchet in New Orleans? Probably not. I feel like. I mean, this is awkward to talk about on the air because it's like, I don't know, like so many people are listening and it's like, I don't know. I, pr- I feel like he like doesn't give a shit at this point. I feel yeah, like he's like, I, moved so on. I feel like he's moved on with his life and we're still doing this podcast. <laughs> you know? Sure. Like, I feel like we'll probably just like give money to his company, go to his shows, publicize them on our unpaid podcast. And then like, we won't speak to him. Yeah, I think that's that's probably I, I didn't see him in Orlando, as I recall. Um, yeah, I did. I almost went. That was I like almost went up and talked to him because I was like really high at Kaiju Big Battle, <laughs> and I was just like thinking about the wrestling business. So I was like, Gabe is the architect. He like he built all of this, and I almost like went up. I was like, thanks for building this, you know, but I didn't. Uh, so Ugh, life would be so different if you had. Yeah, I mean, if I get really high at one of the shows again, yeah, you know, who knows? Okay, well, I think that's everything. I think we've covered it in great detail. Uh, it is Valentine's Day, so presumably we should go do things with our significant others at this point. Uh, although, really, AT, um, you're one of my greatest loves. Yeah, I feel the same way about you, AB. And, you. Um, you know, I'm sure our significant others are, um, you know, this is just here sitting around in our apartment, just like waiting for me to finish this podcast. Yeah, I'm just kidding. That's not true. I'm meeting her. I'm meeting. We're at 7:30. I'm meeting her at 8:30. Oh, nice. At the wine bar in our neighborhood. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Um, one thing, one last thing was I'm just fired up for these shows. Uh, one guy, one of one of our listeners said on Twitter, "Do you think that they could do like a milestone series with um, 
you know, these, these Evolve 100 through the Mania weekend shows. And, uh, like, I thought that was kind of a cool idea. And I said we would talk about it. So I just want to say thanks for the cool idea. I'm sorry we didn't, like, talk about it in depth. But I don't know. Just well, putting it out there. Well, there's still time. We're going to do another show. Yeah, in right. A few, in a few days' time, right. uh, presumably on Monday, we'll record, uh, which yeah. is the 19th. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you guys should hear us hear from us again on the 20th if everything goes as planned. Uh, and we'll be breaking down Evolve 100 and Evolve 101. And if anything else happens from now until then, I'm sure we'll throw that in to talk about. Um, but uh, for now, I think that's it. Anything else you want to add, AT? No. Happy Valentine's Day to all our sweetheart listeners. Uh, yeah, you're all a bunch of cuties. Day. Yeah. Uh, and we really appreciate you uh, being cuties for us. The DMs are are great. So, all right. I guess that's it. Yeah. Uh, bye, guys. <laughs> for Aaron, I'm Aaron. We're the wrong boys. See you next time. Here it comes again lunch will it be the same old same old or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new jamaican jerk turkey sub at firehouse subs freshly sliced smoked turkey breast craveably sweet mustard sauce and a hint of caribbean seasoning just 555 for a medium save time order the new jamaican jerk turkey sub on the firehouse subs app firehouse subs enjoy more subs save more lives participating locations limited time only plus tax prices may vary for delivery